Welcome to this edition of Life Academy here at First Presbyterian Church at Bonita Springs. I'm Pastor Stephen Grant, and we're continuing our series on discipleship, learning how to follow Jesus. And in this session, we are going to talk about deepening our relationship with Jesus, particularly looking at the various spiritual disciplines that are available to us and how we can use those to deepen our relationship with our Savior. And to begin with, we must acknowledge the necessity and the great blessing of developing a relationship. If you remember, in our, one of our earlier sessions, we talked about the idea that the Christian faith is not simply a matter of getting your ticket punched to heaven. It does include that, a very important part of that. But it also includes having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's why we go through a whole conversion experience, is to get to know Him and to come into a relationship with Him. And like any other, other relationship, we hope that that relationship grows and becomes the blessing that God intended it to be. But as with any relationship, we need to spend time. We need to put out some effort. <laughs> we need to communicate. We need to be able to be very intentional about developing that relationship. Imagine if one has a spouse, and with that spouse, you never do those things. You never spend time together. You never talk. You never invite that person into your world or you into theirs and to know what's in their heart. And we just never uh, work on that relationship. Well, what's going to happen to that relationship? Well, in time, it disintegrates. And really what you want that relationship to do is to continue to grow throughout all your days. Well, this is the goal with our relationship with Jesus. And that's what spiritual disciplines are for. There are means to not just maintain, but to nurture and develop our relationship with our blessed Savior. Because a relationship doesn't just happen on its own. It does take some intentional effort and attention from us and the other person, for that matter, in order to build that relationship. Now, one of the first things that I would call your attention to is this whole concept of abiding with Christ. Remember that story in Scripture when Jesus is relaxing and Martha's running around the house trying to do this and that, trying to prepare all of this stuff? She's fussing. And Mary is sitting there at Jesus' feet, and just listening, just being with him, which is what Jesus really wanted at that point. And he tells Martha, after Martha complains, why don't you tell Mary to come and help me with all these chores? And, and uh, Jesus tells her that you're, you're concerned about many, many things, but there's really only one that is required, and Mary has chosen the better way. And there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, just drinking in, and savoring the time that she has with him, listening to what he has to say, sharing her heart with him. And this is what we mean by abiding with him. And so I encourage all of us to be very, very intentional. We have to be very careful to set time aside. Because oftentimes what happens, people will say, well, when I have time at the end of the day, or if I could squeeze it in, I'll do prayer or whatever else. And how often does that time never come? <laughs> so we have to put it on the calendar. We have to be very intentional about 
the, uh, the time that we are going to spend with Jesus. And so th- this abiding, what, what actually happens? What do you do? Well, I'll tell you what I do, is that there's times during each part of the day when I just sit and I'm quiet and I contemplate the things of the Lord. I think about, as we talked last, last time, about what it was that he did on the cross for me, how much he loves me. I think about some of the favorite stories in the Bible and what they mean. I think about some of the things that he said and, and what those mean to me. I give myself time to think about what's going on in my life and my relationships with my wife and my son and my church members and whomever else. Just spending time in being quiet. And we live in a world that's not used to doing that. We live in a very noisy world. (laughs) There's always sound going on. There's always things. And we don't know how to do what the psalmist said, be still and know that I am God. But we have to be intentional about scheduling those times where we actually sit and abide with him. So what I encourage you to do is find that place in your home or wherever that where you can be very comfortable and just sit and abide where there's no distractions. For what are time period that you're able to commit to this? And then as you do this, understand that all of these spiritual disciplines that we're going to be talking about are not to be thought of as something obligatory. People think, oh, you Christians, you think you have to go to church every Sunday. Well, no, we don't have to go to church every Sunday. We want to go to church every Sunday because the more we do these spiritual disciplines, so for instance, the one I first I mentioned of just spending that time abiding with the Lord is we can't wait till the next time we get to do it because it is so full of blessing. It's something that we anticipate. It's like, remember those days, those of us who have been married, do you remember when we first dated our wife or our husband? Do you remember how we just couldn't wait until the next time we could see that person? In fact, we even made up excuses to be able to see, see that person. It becomes the same way with our Lord Jesus. I just can't wait till my next encounter with him. I can't wait to be able to sit at his feet like Mary and contemplate the things of the Lord, to learn more about him, to talk to him, and listen to what he says to me. Well, speaking of that, how, how do I say, how does he speak to me? Well, he speaks to me in two different ways. The primary way is in his word, in the Bible. That when we read that scripture, we say it's God's word, and it is. And I encourage you that as you sit and abide with Jesus and as you read a part, portion of Scripture, think of it as if God is speaking directly to you. And that's, in fact, what God's Word is. These are His words to you. And so as you read it, read it with that sense of, of reality that God, I'm hearing God's voice. And I encourage you that as you do this, don't be in a hurry. You don't have to read big sections of scripture, read a smaller point, a a portion, but read it with understanding. Don't be in a hurry to get through a lot of material. Ask questions of the text. Why did he say, why did he say it this way? What does this word mean? Why did he think it was necessary to mention this uh, part of the story? And why did he not talk about something else? Ask questions and so to get to the point of a deeper understanding. And if you get stuck and you're not quite sure what this passage means, then 
get guidance. There are many commentaries. There are many study Bibles. There's also a whole staff of pastors here at First Presbyterian Church and other people who are very knowledgeable in Scripture. Come and ask. You have those questions because you're not bothering us. That's why we're here. Uh, in fact, our official title, we are ministers of word and sacrament. That's what we do. We feed the, the people the word. So if you have a question about Scripture, you're not bothering us at all. You're helping us do our job. So come with any of those questions about Scripture, and we'll be glad to uh, talk about that with you to bring you to a deeper understanding. But also, as you read Scripture, it's very important that you understand the context in which that passage that you're reading is being given. Because sometimes we fall into the trap of lifting out a passage out and have it stand alone, and we totally misunderstand what's being said. You have to read it within the context in which it's, it's given, but also read what came before it and also what came after it, so that you understand what the subject matter is when you uh, read that particular passage that you're studying. Okay, another significant spiritual discipline that God has given us is the blessing of prayer. This is a time when we can actually talk to Almighty God. Now think about that for a moment. That's something we should never take lightly. When you realize that because of Jesus, because he has reconciled us with one Almighty God, we have the privilege of being able to approach the throne of grace and actually speak directly to the creator of the universe. I mean, how awesome is that? Do you realize how people get so all a Twitter when they're going to meet a celebrity who's a mere human being? And yet we have the opportunity to speak to one almighty God. And we have that intimacy. We have that accessibility. But we must never forget who it is that we're talking to because that will color how we talk to him. But he bids us to come to him and tell us what is on our hearts and to express to him what is going on in our life. He already knows, but it's an opportunity then for him to work with us. Oftentimes people like to use the phrase, well, prayer works, like somehow it, it's a remedy to something. I would like to suggest to you the better way of understanding prayer is that prayer is something where God is the one who works but he works through praying people. And so when you spend that intentional time, not only speaking prayers, but also uh, be pausing to listen to what he might be saying to your spirit, then God works through that prayer life. And not only does our relationship deepen, but then the effects of that prayer as we go out into the world, we are equipped to deal with whatever it is that we deal with. Now, some people feel uncomfortable with prayer, especially praying out loud. And I would suggest to you that don't put burdens on yourselves. You don't have to pray like other people. You don't have to pray like the pastors or uh, another person who could be very eloquent. God loves best authentic prayers. Use your own way of speaking. Use your own thoughts and your own uh, expressions of your heart. He loves that best. He knows what's on your heart anyway, so you're not going to fool him. So you might as well just be honest with him. But speak to him the way you speak. Now, there's nothing wrong with reading prayers that somebody else wrote, but use those as a meditative tool. One of my favorite is a little book of prayers 
uh, called the Valley of Vision. It's a collection of prayers from our Puritan uh, fathers and mothers. <clears throat> and every line of those prayers is just so full of meaning. And so I like to read those, read the line of the prayer, and then make it my prayer and meditate on the meaning of uh, whoever it was that wrote that particular prayer. But God loves best your own authentic prayer in your own style and in your own uh, language, own words. Now, there's if sometimes people come to me and say, you know what, I keep praying for the same thing over and over again. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I just don't have, I, I just feel like my prayer life is flat. Well, there's a wonderful way in which to put some oomph in your prayer life, and it's called praying the scripture. Well, we've already talked about God's word. This is God's word to us. And praying the scripture is a means by which we can pray God's words back to him. That is, use a passage of scripture as the basis of your prayer. So for instance, and you don't just read it back to him, but you read a let's say the 23rd Psalm. You're all familiar with that. At least most of us are. You read the 23rd Psalm and you contemplate what that means, and then you use that as a means in which to pray to God. For instance, you might say, you read, the Lord is my shepherd. So when I think about what a shepherd is, I think what a shepherd does. Why did David use the imagery of a shepherd for our Lord? And after you think about that, then you start to pray. Almighty God, I give you thanks and praise that indeed you are my shepherd, not just all of our people's shepherd, but you're my shepherd. I can put my name there, and I thank you, Lord, for that, that you love me enough that you could be my personal shepherd, that you know all about me and that you love me that much. I thank you, Father, that as my shepherd, you, you protect me. You lead me where I need to go. You feed me. You do all of these things for me. You take care of me, and I praise you, Lord, for that. You see, I just took that very first phrase of the 23rd Psalm and prayed it back to God. Use that as the basis. Well, since the Bible is just a wealth of richness of meaning, it's inexhaustible. And that's a wonderful way in which to enhance your prayer life. But the wonderful thing about having an active prayer life is that that's one of the ways in which we build trust. We learn more and more about Jesus and grow closer to him that now Anytime I face any struggle, any situation, I have a whole reservoir of spiritual resources to draw upon. And prayer is a big part of that. Now, just very briefly, obviously, a big part of our spiritual disciplines is worship and sacraments. Once again, not an obligatory thing, but it's something that I look forward to, to gather with my brothers and sisters in the faith and give praise to Almighty God and have a very unique and tremendous experience encountering uh, Almighty God in his house. You do realize that God is all over, but we meet him in a very special way in the worship and in the sacraments. And so when we come there, we come there because he's waiting for us. And he's already there and he's welcoming us in to his presence. What a wonderful feeling that is. So as I said before, my friends, when we use these various means of uh, de uh, deepening our relationship, prayer, Bible study, quiet time with Jesus. And I could add to that, as we talked about last time, acts of service. When I go out into the world and show that agape love to others and, and, and I'm the servant of others, and I'm doing the Lord's work as a result, 
That draws me closer to the, the Lord as well. And so many other things that we could say. But stay tuned for future Life Academy, because we will no doubt be offering classes on these very subjects. For instance, we could do a whole series on prayer itself, which we will eventually. We'll be doing uh, passage, uh, 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 classes on the study of the Bible and on worship and all these different things. And so stay tuned for those. But today, it's just to help us get an understanding that these various spiritual disciplines are not obligatory, churchy things we do just for the sake of doing it. They are a means by which we use to deepen our relationship with Jesus. And in the end, and I will leave you with this thought, in the end, the more I go closer to my Lord Jesus and the more I develop a trust in Him, a faith in Him, you know what happens? I let go of fear. At this time, I hope many years down the road, people will watch these sessions as then too, but as we're recording this, it is a time of great fear. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There are riots in our country. There's all kinds of awful things going on that upset us. And many of us are living in fear. And how do I deal with that fear? How do I get rid of that fear? Well, the best way is to realize the God with whom we're dealing. The God who is sovereign, the God who is still in control. And the more I pray to Him, the more I study His Word, the more do I spend time in worship, I contemplate the meaning of the Lord's Supper and my baptism. The deeper I get into these things, the more I realize that I need not fear. In fact, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Well, thank you for listening. And I invite you to our fifth and final session next time in which we will talk about being God's instruments. What is the mission of a good disciple of Jesus Christ? Thank you for listening, and until then, shalom and much love.